0: okay welcome so this this class is going to be really interactive okay i want to really hear like this is it's important because last week we basically established that um even though good and evil no one has no one can really articulate it no one really you know even wikipedia doesn't have a decent answer to what is good and what is evil that we saw clearly that we all have this very real internal barometer as to what is good and what is evil or who is good and who is evil. And it's kind of undeniable and it's very uh, global and it's very objective. And the the basically the definition that we're going with for good is selfless. And evil is selfish, as simple as that. People who are ultimately selfish, we call them evil, and people who are selfless, we call them good. Uh, you can plug that into all the people you know. Not that we should be judging anyone, but but uh, that that's uh, that's what I received from my rabbi, and it makes a lot a lot of sense to me. So that was really the big. That was the big uh, hanacha. That was the big. Um, Takeaway from last week. Then we went another, a drop further, and we said that a person who embodies the trait of good, a person who is good, a person who embodies the trait of goodness, uh, we'd refer to that as being humble. And a person who embodies the trait of evil, of selfishness, we would call that arrogant. Um, then we said that humility, who is the, the, the paradigm figure of humility in the Torah is Moshe Rabbeinu and his famous statement was there is only God so you can say that the ultimate level of humility is that phrase is encapsulated in that phrase Ain there is nothing other than Hashem that's the ultimate level of humility and Paro who was his like arch enemy his ultimate his statement was I am, and there is nothing else other than me. So he could say that's the ultimate level of arrogance. Humility is saying, the ultimate level of humility is saying, all there is is God, which means that there's not me as well, if if there's only him. That we need to try and understand. And then the ultimate level of arrogance is to say, there's only me. No God, no you, no one, just me. We probably know some people and we feel... Think like that. So, okay, so there's this is a question. You've got two people at a chasna, yeah. And they just go, well, let's say you've got one person at the chasna who just in front of you know when everyone goes around the hasna and colour, and you've got, you know, like 200, 300 people and the and colour is sitting there on the chairs, and then all the guys get up and do their thing in the front in in front of them, and you've got one guy who just does it's you you are just sitting there looking at this guy, thinking, "I could never ever do that in a million years in front of three hundred people." That is just that is just. I got no words. Yeah, you you've seen the kind of thing you know what I'm talking about. You can imagine at least, yeah. Is that coming from arrogance or humility? That guy's. I mean, his something, his ultimately something. Is he ultimately arrogant or ultimately humble? I think it depends on his... Is he doing it for the mitzvah of Masameh, Hassan, and Kala? What's the intention behind his dancing? So this is the... To show off how good of a dancer he is? Or or even he just like feels like dancing right now. And the reason why he can do that in front of 300 people and you can't is because he doesn't really believe that they exist. You know, the technical term for that is, by the way, the psychological term for that kind of mentality. That's called a psychopath. No, really, that's really a psychopath doesn't have the ability to appreciate that another person exists. A narcissist is a person who believes everything is about him so if you get those two traits mixed together that's really dangerous but um but well either of those traits are dangerous anyway But then that's interesting because this this is a really important point is that this guy can be dancing like a madman in front of 300 people and it could be let's just say it could be for one of two reasons number one like we just said he's this crazy psychopath who just felt like getting some energy out and those 300 people aren't real to him. So you're looking around thinking, how can you do that in front of 300 people? He's looking around thinking, this is just like a bunch of uh, toy soldiers. This is, there's nothing, who's there to be embarrassed of? Or he could be thinking, ain't odd There's a mitzvah here And he could be dancing in complete abandon for that. So we're saying this is this is the trip, this is really a trip, is that we're saying that ultimate humility and ultimate arrogance can look exactly the same on the outside. The same act, mamash. So a guy could be spanking his kids, yeah, with utter humility. That, that takes a real match. Or a guy could be learning Torah with his kids in a state of utter arrogance. It it just it depends. Hopefully not. But it it what what I'm trying to show you is that Paolo and Moshe could actually be indistinguishable to us. So now let's let's ask another question. Okay, taking food to an old lady there's an old old mana who lives next door to you a widow who lives next door and you bring her you bring her some hot food for dinner good or bad could it be that we could have a bit of both absolutely 100% so what is it good or bad or both You'd be a bit of both we're not perfect yeah but it could but it could I mean it could be anything it could be good it could be bad and it could be anything in the middle so the act is good this is what we're trying to that's this is what we're trying to work out if that's the case so it really depends because we can we'll 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 paint a few scenarios in a minute but the guy could be bringing her food because he really feels that you know he feels her 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 you know her matzev and he wants to bring her some food make her feel better or it could be that he's trying to win some kind of favor from her her rich son or something and then that would be all about him again it's the same thing and we spoke last week as well about the idea of building a hospital. You know, building a hospital is is uh is a um is an objectively good thing to do. But again, if the guy's doing it to get one up on his friend who just built a hospice, yeah, then that's not a particularly good thing. So really what we're asking now, the question really is, is what is selflessness? What, what does that mean to be selfless, to do an act that's selfless? And then we have to ask another question, are there levels of selflessness? Because if good is being selfless, which means in the, in the uh, case of the old woman bringing her food because you're thinking about her, It's about her and you feel her pain or her situation, whatever. It's all about her. But what about if you want to bring her food because it will make you feel good because you're doing a nice thing? How good is that? It's a little scary to ask these questions, you know, because then we end up thinking about the kinds of things that we do. And maybe the things that we do aren't, aren't really that good because a lot of times good things that we do are maybe with, you know, with slightly, you know, tarnished with selfish purposes. So what does it actually mean to be selfless? So let's, let's, I've, 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 we've got a little, uh, if you want to write this down, it'll be helpful. Otherwise you can just listen. So we're going to go through this old lady example and I'm going to give, um, I'm going to create three groups. Okay. There's the first group called It's All About Her. Then there's the second group called It's All About Us. And the third group is It's All About Me. Okay, so I've got like, I don't know, nine or 10 different kinds of motivations that could have been, that could have motivated the bringing the dinner <coughs> to the old lady. Okay, so the goal is, as I say that, you know, either put it into group one, which is it's about her. Group two, which is it's about us. And group three, it's about me. OK, so we're going to call these levels where well, we know about selfless and we know about selfish. That would be it's all about her, selfless. Or it's all about me, selfish. Now, we're going to have to try and understand this is the most important level to understand this middle level. It's about us. Because like Mrs. Kat said, it can be any It could be a little bit of both it could be everything it could be more this or more that or there could be any any number of different gradations in that middle area and that's really what we're trying to understand this middle area because that's very relevant to us okay so the first one is he feels her pain yeah does that go into group one group two or group three you just shout out as well group one yeah okay now the other the next option is he's doing it to spite his neighbor because he knew his neighbor had planned on bringing her the food at seven p.m. So he mummers shut the run and brought it there at six thirty p.m. so that this other neighbor won't have uh, won't be able to give her the food or whatever. He'll feel stupid. That's obviously all about me. And then what about she will feel obligated in the future if he doesn't feel particularly well? She'll feel obligated. To make him through that's the motivating factor yep i'd agree that's too. um what about if he says if everybody acted like this it would make the world a better place for me yeah and what about if he said if everybody acted like this it would make a better place for it would make a better world for everyone I would say one, maybe you could say two. Okay. Um, Obviously I wrote to spark off a race war in the community, meaning that I don't know how that would be, but that would obviously be all about me. Yeah. Um, What about, he wants to make, um, he will feel like a good person when he does this act. That'll make him feel good. He'll feel accomplished, He'll he'll feel good. I would say two. And what about his father? likes him to do things like this, and he's desperate to win his father's approval. Yeah, it's about, I would say too, it's about me and about you. Um, To get his foot in the door with the lady's son who owns some large company that will get him some kind of employment benefit. And, um, and God wants him to do it. And it's the right thing to do. I'm going say number one. Okay, so the, the the point we're trying to get at is there is no such thing as an act that is actually selfless. Any act can have endless, endless reasons. And the best act in the world can be, can be utterly selfish. Like in this, in that scenario, we had the same thing, the same exact act, a guy bringing food to an old woman. And we could see that. I just sat there for a few minutes and, and I was able to pull out, you know, 10 different motivations that went from really pure evil to to, to total selflessness. And that can be the same with any act. That can be the same with any act. There's endless reasons for any single act. So now it comes out that an act is just an act, yeah? The selflessness or selfishness is a, the human element within the act. Everyone, Everyone's with me at this point? So now this is the question can there be selflessness without an act? If we said that the act is neither here nor there, and any act could be selfless or selfish, meaning that it's about you, it's about your kavana, it's about your inner experience, could you have selflessness without an act? Like for example, could you be selfless if you're alone? Could you be selfless if you're sitting, if, if somebody, if your husband, sorry, someone's in in a in a prison in solitary confinement, stuck in a white room? Or, or another option is a person is um is in bed, incapacitated, he can't do anything, she can't do anything. Can that person be selfless? If they're not doing anything, then I don't think so. If you're just sitting, it's you're not you're not selfless. You're just this is, sitting. This is the question. Selfless. But we just said that the act itself has got the act itself is is neither here nor there. It's not. So it's to do with the person. So can that person still be in a in a in a mutsub of selflessness if there isn't any act going on? You hear? You hear the question. You hear why I'm asking the question. Yeah. Maybe when, like, a person is in complete connectedness and conscious, like, conscious awareness of Hashem, can that be selflessness? And what you mean, like in a meditational way, as in he's not really doing it. No, anything. if like if that's just your state, if that's just a person's place, maybe meditation brought them there or tefillah, I don't know. Like when Moses said, he was obviously feeling internally that there was nothing else. Right. Could that be the situation? So what about an evil person? An evil person in solitary confinement? He can't do anything. Does that mean he stops being evil? Hmm. You lock him up, you put handcuffs on him, and he sits there. He can't be evil anymore. So let let me let's let's ask another question now. So we're not sure about this right now. This is a little bit like I'm not so sure about this. But we know that we can be selfless with a person. I can do I can bring that lady food selflessly. It's all about her. I'm not thinking about me. She needs some food. I got some food. Here you go, lady. And that's selfless. Yeah. And we saw that we would be selfish. What about? Could you have a selfless experience with a tree? Would you have to do something? So let's leave the tree. We'll we'll get back to the tree in a minute. There's there's three levels of listening. Okay, this is a very, very important idea. There's three levels of listening. The first level, which is probably the most common level, is the lowest level. It's called waiting to reply. You're sitting there (laughs) waiting to reply. It's, It's just about my reply so i'm gonna do you the courtesy of you know letting you speak but it's about my my replying not too much listening going on there then there's a level of listening uh that i call evaluating it's an interesting idea yeah when you're listening to somebody now you are analyzing what they're saying you are comparing it, contrasting it, evaluating it, measuring it, preferring it, liking it, disliking it, contrasting it, connecting it, looking into it. Is that listening? So that's actually, this is the middle area that we need to be talking about, that that isn't listening. Or it's it's more listening than the first person because the first person wasn't listening at all he was just waiting to waiting for you to stop talking so he can say his thing but when when a person is analyzing it's and this is quite a difficult thing to to go beyond when someone's talking and they're analyzing like you're, we're, I'm talking to a bunch of a bunch of women here so you know what this feels like when you have your husband and you're trying to tell him something and he's trying to solve it for you. In real time, and you're like, just stop. I've been married long enough to know how it goes. Yeah, you're just like, please. I just want you to listen. Yeah, but they're analyzing and, and 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 evaluating and working it out and measure. You know, really, what they're experiencing. That person who's analyzing what you're saying. What's he really experiencing? and this is the reason okay. why I'm talking to a, talking and that's most people okay We're, that's most people and this is the reason why the, the reason why is that it's it's frustrating when someone's doing that is why what are they experiencing discomfort the person who's this, who's being talked to there's you talking and then there's the yeah. person who's listening, but he or she is analyzing and comparing, contrasting, evaluating. What is the person who's listening actually experiencing? Are they experiencing you? No. You're not, they're really experiencing. They're experiencing their own thoughts. You are generating thoughts for them but the actual experience that they're having is an experience of their own thoughts that can be to varying degrees Are you with me so the person talking ends up feeling like shut up let me i i need to gi- i need to give myself to you and you're there just having your own it's like you just you might as well just be playing on your telephone you're involved in yourself I want you to hear me. I don't want you to hear your thoughts about me. It's very stifling. That's what we're looking for. We're desperate for this third kind of listening. The third kind of listening is just being still. Just, just, just being open. With just no... let me vent. Huh? Just letting the other person vent. But, but but yeah, but more than that is that you are experiencing an inner silence. It's a very vulnerable, it's very vulnerable. It's very, you have to be very courageous to listen like this. Because they overwhelm you. You're allowing their words, which is really them, we'll talk about that another time. But you're allowing them to completely overwhelm your inner world. It's not about me thinking about what you're saying. There's just you. There is no me. If you literally, if somebody listens to you like that for about 15 seconds, everything gets fixed. (laughs) Everything. And vice versa. If you're able to listen to somebody like that for 15 seconds, everything gets fixed. Everyone's with me. See if I was talking to a bunch of guys, people would be like mm, woman, like. <laughs> so now let's plug this into the tree. Those are the three lessons. Those are the three levels of listening. Okay, I'm waiting for you to shut up so I can say my two. I can give my two cents. Number one, number two. I'm analyzing and comparing and contrasting and preferring and disliking and loving and the hule what you're saying. And number three, I'm just still, still. So now let's plug that into the tree. What would be, give me an example of the first level of the tree. If we're comparing it to waiting to reply. Waiting for the fruit to ripen. So you can eat it. Yeah. Something like that or you're thinking like i could make a nice canoe out of you or i could use you to i could use you to make a bonfire it's got nothing to do with you it's all about me or i i'm just gonna wait i'm gonna cut you down so i can walk through you the same idea yeah it's just about me but then this is an interesting idea what, what's the second level and this is really how we relate to the world nearly always it's quite scary what's the second level this this evaluative level you know you can summarize it i can summarize it in a little story that i had uh, when i was when i was like 19 i went to india and i went to i went to the himalayas yeah and in the himalayas you've got these these birds of prey like eagles that like they land next to you they're like as big as a small child literally they're huge like these magnificent animals like Five, six feet wide or little bigger just circling around and I uh, I turn around to one of the boys there, little kids. And I was like, what's the name what what's the name of that that bird? And he went oh, that's an eagle so like, wow, you know and then I've got in my mind you know there's falcons and hawks and vultures and all oh, I got all these you know I'm I'm a sophisticated westerner yeah so I know all these different names for these birds of prey. And then I point to a completely different thing. It was a completely different colour, different size, different shape. And I'm like, what's that? What's that called? Is that like, that's an eagle? And I was like, mm, that's interesting. And I asked him a couple and I realised after like four birds, they were just all eagles to him. There was that a bird of prey, no matter what colour, size, shape, whatever. That's called an eagle finished. So one of the things, if you show, I've got these pictures in my lounge You see, you see behind me that see that picture up there. Yeah, I make these pictures. There's a picture of a forest with a little guy governing. What do you think is like the most common question when someone sees a picture like that in your house? What do you think the first question they ask you is? Where is that? Who is that? Where is real? Where is that? You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to like fit it into their reality when you ask the name of something or when you try and define you try and label something what you're really trying to do is file it away in context of you ah that's an eagle good okay and that's a falcon good and that's a vulture good now i'm what i'm doing is i'm putting everything into context of me you with me so, so that's what we do when we look at a tree. Most of us, most of the time. We look at a tree and we start thinking, like, well, that's nice. I like that. Well, I wonder what kind of tree that is. Or well, I I wonder how this how this tree would compare to other trees. So I, I'm analyzing. Now, this is what's called. There's there's the LP biology. There's what's called the dmn yeah the default mode network basically what that is is it's exactly what we've been talking about it's it's a a neural network that is what imprints your thoughts on anything so if you give this is a good the, the excuse the the uh the example but they've done all these tests now with psychedelic drugs yeah and Psychedelic drugs, especially psilocybin, which is the drug, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, yeah, psilocybin has got a very strong ability to deactivate the DMN. So what what the the initial thought would think when somebody's taking drugs like this and they start experiencing, if you ever look at somebody who's on psychedelic drugs, they will be able to pick up like a hadpami paper cup and marvel at it just marvel or pick up a leaf and marvel. I don't know if anybody knows of these experiences, yeah? But you can you can marvel at a leaf for hours on these drugs. So what people originally thought is that these drugs are somehow speeding up your brain and you're having all these... But no, at all. What's actually happening is these drugs stop the blood flow to what's called the DMN, this default mode network. And what that does mm-hmm is that stops your thinking. Because usually when you look at a leaf, what your mind is doing is playing leaf movies that you've been watching for the past 30, 40 years onto this leaf, and you're not wowed by this leaf. Like the first time you go to um, the Grand Canyon, yeah? You're like, wow. Yeah, the next time, you're, you know still wow. What about the people who live by the Grand Canyon? Why don't they go wow anymore? What happened? So you say they got used to it. What does that mean they got used to it? What happens is it means that once you've seen the Grand Canyon so many times, the next time you're looking at the Grand Canyon is you're not really looking at the Grand Canyon. You're looking at your thoughts to do with the Grand Canyon. And that's not particularly impressive. That's like that's like the difference between looking at the Grand Canyon on, on your telephone and actually being there that's really what's happening in your mind so a person who's looking at a tree and who's evaluating and judging and and, really what they're doing is their their mind is playing these movies onto this tree and that's why they're not wowed and that can actually happen to a person's entire life and that takes the whole wow of life away when a person is looking at the world through these conceptual thoughts, it's like this. Per- it's like when you go to the kiosu, yeah. You go to the kiosu, you'll see a lot of people watching it on their telephone. And I'm standing there, like, like I don't understand. You're you're here. Look at it with your eyes. And they're like, all they're doing is like on their phone watching it. It's like you might as well just be at home. Save yourself the airfare and all the all the balagan and the money and and and. <laughs> That's that's what life becomes like. When a person's thinking has become so intense, like most of our thinking has, that's why life loses its wonder. That's the word, wonder. Just like a guy on psychedelics or a girl on psychedelics looks at this leaf. Or a child, a young child. A child can look at a leaf in wonder, yeah? It's the same inion. The wonder of life goes out because we're not really seeing the other as we're able to slow down our thinking and stop getting, so to speak, overwhelmed by our own thinking, then we can start experiencing the other. So it comes out that selflessness is really defined as an inner stillness. That's what selflessness is. Selflessness is stillness or inner quiet. So the question is, can a person have an a selfless experience in a, in a prison cell? And the answer is yes. I think it really goes to what Mrs. Halpin was saying about this idea of being connected in with the shame, which She's a few, few steps ahead. But that's really what it is. That is what selflessness is. That person in front of me is real. How do I know they're real? Because I haven't got this 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 thing going on inside my head saying stuff to me and i can appreciate the reality of that person that's just as a side point by the way the word russia meaning evil is the word is the letters for rash for noise and arguably one of the most evil characters in all of the nach is haman harasha yeah this is how heilig and minhagim are. We make a lot of noise when we hear his name. What's that about? That's exactly the point. Rash and ra, or rash and rasha, making noise and a rasha, are really, really one and the same. They really are. Okay, can we divide into two groups? I want everyone to fill out this form. It will take us about 45 seconds. But I need, I need half of us to do one form and half of us to do another form. How can we divide it? I can't see it. Can everyone turn on the cameras for a second or at least put a, can we just have- A and B, I'll be an A. Can everybody just decide quickly who's gonna be A and B? So let's start for, can we, how can we do this? I was thinking of dividing us by names, by, uh, by letters. First half of the alphabet, second half. So look, I'll say like this, okay? So Yitz's sister, I don't know what your name is, and Mrs. Hami, and Mrs. Katz, and Mrs. Halpern and Panina. Yeah? So that's there's five of you that I didn't mention. Everybody's aware of what I said. So I'm just gonna send you this form quickly and I would like you to fill it in, please. Wait a moment, let me try and work this out. Chat. Um, how did you send a message? That's not right, is it? Is this how participants? Sorry, ladies, let me just try and work this out. Should we have a participant, now? Chat. Oh, there we go. OK. Um, OK. So the ladies who I just gave the, who I just said, yeah, can you please fill this in? It should literally take you about forty five seconds. Do not think into it too much, okay? And ladies, the ones who I didn't the the ones who I didn't mention, can you please fill this form in? Again, it should take you forty five seconds. Just do it quick. Just do, what comes to you immediately, just please do it as quickly as you can um and I need to just find this and I'm going to show you the results it's going to be nameless as well so just just please be be uh truthful and, and quick is everyone done Okay, people are still in the process. Three, four. So one more person to finish from the first group. We've got four more to finish from the second group. Is everyone done? Oh, the second, we need more people from the second group to fill it in. Maybe they weren't there. It's not gonna work if we don't get it. So everyone from the first group has filled in. We've only got one person from the second group filled in. Our two people. We need everyone to fill it in. Three people. Okay. So finish that off. I'm putting myself on the line here. We'll see. We'll, we're going to see what happens. I hope it will be okay. Okay. So now in the meantime, we've got another, um, another little thing to do here. Just give me a moment. And... This is, I'm going to just share my screen. And I want everybody here. So can everybody just very quickly look at this. One second, I want to look at, let's look at this car first. Sorry. Everyone just look at this car. And can everybody just in the chat out of 10, Very quickly, just give me a rating what you feel about this car. Just send it as a chat quickly. Okay. Five, six. Okay, now let's just quickly, let's look at this car. And again, just quickly in the chat, just put what you think of this car out of 10. Okay, I'm going to stop share and let me just see what you wrote here. So look at the the first. Okay, so this is didn't like that so much. But we've got eight, seven, 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 five, seven. Okay. And then for the next car, Mrs. Halpern gave me the same, three, and then six, 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 two, 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 two. So the first car trumped the second car quite deeply, yeah? You want to know something really funny? Please don't be upset with me for this one moment. But it was actually the same car. I just photoshopped a Ferrari badge on it, but it's actually the exact same car. I think the lighting also in the first one is a little nicer, so it gives it, and then it the green in there. So I think that kind of skewed it. Could be, but the Mice is the same car. Maybe that could have made a difference to one, but not like next to two and seven. But now let's see, see so now what I did, I'm gonna share these forms, okay? Now, I did something really chic If you look here, we're going to see that actually, so so ladies who filled in Form 1, yeah, you got the real deal, okay? Ladies who filmed in Form 2 got the fake, the fake ones. So I'll show you. So this is Form 1, yeah? And, oh, excuse me. oh will go away. And this is Form 2. So you see that I photoshopped that to be Casio. In the first shot, in the first one, this is a Cartier, yeah? This is actually a Cartier watch, okay? So this is Form 1, and this is Form 2. So Form 1 is the originals of all the things. So we had this is worth about $12,500. This is a real Louis Vuitton bag, yeah? This is a a cheap, generic watch that costs like 38 cents. This is a Ferrari, uh, like 300, is about $300,000. This is a Casio watch. This is a a Michael Kors bag. And this is a Patek Philippe watch. Oh, and this is an old man. Yeah. And now, so here I photoshopped the Cartier watch as a Casio watch. The the Louis Vuitton bag I just turned into a generic handbag. Yeah, this, this generic watch I turned into a Cartier watch. The the ferrari i turned into a ford um the cassia i turned into a patek philippe the michael kors bag i turned into louis vuitton and the old man i changed the background okay now i'm really putting myself out on a limb let's look at the results let's see one minute everyone's interested to see what everyone did Okay, so the first let. Let's see if I can do the side by side. Oh, go away. One moment. That? Two. Yes. Can everyone see my screen? The side by side. Mm, no. You can't see the two sides. Just one side. Oh, you can. I don't know if it's you know. Oh, maybe so. Wait a moment. Maybe I can uh, share. The screen. Oh, there you go. That will be it. I think. Now can you see two sides? Yes. Okay. So really, this needs to be done with more people, but let's see anyway. So remember, the first form one is the real, the real one, and form two is the, um, is the uh um is the fake one yeah but it doesn't this is so this was let's just have a look this is um this was the Cartier watch and this was what people thought of it as a oh well, I need to remember I need to see this from a different side this was the this was the Cartier watch I'm gonna forget this aren't I so I need to see oh I need another screen One moment, let me see if I can do this. Wait, this is three folds. Okay, so the first one is the Cartier watch, which is on. This was the first this was on. um, This was the people, the five responses is as the Cartier and this was as a Casio. Okay, so this is actually interesting because people quite like this. You would actually say, interestingly enough, that people preferred it more as a Casio than as a Cartier. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so now this second one was the the Louis Vuitton bag. So this is, so people didn't like Louis Vuitton over here, yeah? People put it as like low down and then we got a couple of people who just didn't like it and then a couple of people who did like it, um, but not Louis Vuitton. So people preferred it when it wasn't Louis Vuitton. That's interesting, okay? Then the next one, this is good. This is this is um, after Louis Vuitton was this cheap watch that I photoshopped to be a Cartier. So this side is uh, this side is the cheap watch, and we got a lower level response. And this side was it as a Cartier. We got a higher, we got it as a higher response okay now the next one is this was the ferrari that i photoshopped as a ford yeah so in form 1 it was a ferrari um and it wasn't actually liked as much as in form 2 interesting okay then the next one is the Casio watch. So over here it's Casio, over here is Patek Philippe. So you've got people like it more as Patek Philippe than they did as Casio. And then this next one is the Michael Kors bag. So over here it was as Michael Kors and over here it was as Louis Vuitton. So we see some people really don't like Louis Vuitton. That's, uh, that's something that we've just learned, okay? I also don't, just the fact that it costs so much money, I also think it's terrible. Um, And now this is really interesting. This is the old man. This is the old man, uh, the old man thing. So with with the blue background, with the circles in the background, we had people ah, it basically stays similar. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out of this a minute.'ll we'll stop screen share. What I'm trying to show you here is that we'll just just finish off by quoting something very interesting about um oh, well, Let we' just do another screen share. um sorry I'm going okay So, what I'm trying to show you here. This is a, an article that I found on uh, anorexia nervosa, which we know as anorexia. Yeah, the the interesting thing. I'll just read this quickly. In all, in all, thirty peer-reviewed studies written in English that used well-established measures 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 of intelligence, quote to IQ, were identified. This review established that people with anorexia nervosa score 10.8 units and 5.9 units above the average IQ of the normative population of people. Meaning that it's a it's a fact that people with anorexia generally have a higher IQ, and and a difference of a 10 point IQ, 11 point IQ. That's a massive that's uh that's a massive difference that makes a big difference what's what what does that tie in with everything that we were just showing before what's the connection between anorexia and um anorexia and all of those things that i was trying to show you how it made such a difference with um how it made such a difference um with um with the different tags and labels on each of the uh on each of these different products it's like this that first thing when we saw with the ferrari yeah that i photoshopped the ferrari to look like the uh to look like the the honda to look like the ferrari and people preferred the ferrari more why was that the reason why that was was because when you see the ferrari badge that generates thoughts you feel different thoughts and you have different feelings when you see the Ferrari badge and when you see the Honda badge. That means that when you're looking at the same car and you're seeing the Ferrari badge, you're actually seeing a different car than when you're seeing the same car with a Honda badge. Not that the car changed, that you changed. And that's the reason why The IQ usually of girls with anorexia on average is higher. Why? Because I'm not going to get into this, but the 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 main the, the main thing of anorexia is that the girl thinks she's fat. Even even when everybody objectively knows that she is the opposite of fat, she still sees herself as fat. What's that got to do with the higher IQ? What's the connection? The connection, yeah? Because she has a high IQ, you would think that she would know that she's not fat. Maybe, but then when you realize what IQ really is, IQ is about the, the veracity and the, and the power of your thoughts. So it, it takes a stronger brain to fool the person into thinking that she's fat when she's thin. A less powerful brain couldn't trick you into doing such a thing. I'm not saying this, there's obviously a lot more that goes into it. I'm just trying to pull out my point here. That it needs a strong brain with a powerful ability to think that's constantly growing these thoughts that can actually, just like you saw the Honda, you preferred it with the Ferrari badge, so too when you've got these powerful thoughts being generated i'm fat i'm fat i'm fat and you're actually not at all the opposite that is what allows a person to fall into the trap of being able to look in the mirror see an objectively very very thin person and think that they're fat the more powerful their thinking is this is what we're trying to talk this is what we're trying to understand about about what we've called selfish but not selfish This is the level in the middle that we're going to call self full. And this is where we're going to go from. We're going to finish here, but basically now we've got three levels. We've got selfless, we've got selfish, and then we've got a middle in the level in the middle, that we're going to call self full. Self full doesn't mean that you don't exist. It just means that I do exist like the person looking at the tree and comparing it to all the other trees. It's not like the tree doesn't exist. I'm thinking about the tree. The guy who's just listening, waiting to you to shut up so you can talk. He's not experiencing you at all. You don't exist. He's selfish. But the nice husband who's trying to do the right thing and he's analyzing what you're saying, he just does just never learned about what listening is. He's trying to analyze and understand and work out. He's not selfish, he's self full. And the person who's dead still, who's internally quiet, they're selfless. Everyone's with me? This makes sense to people. Can you repeat? Can you explain more what self? is i know that you're comparing it to that middle ground but what you exist and i exist we're both real and that's the regular that there's nothing wrong with that that's normal to get to a level of only you exist that's mamash tzadik. that's when you go and meet the rebbetson who's mamash helig and you sit with her yeah like when you know when you go and meet who if you have a, a reversan in or close to or something or or you ever meet a godal yeah you never sit down and say to him so you know how are you tell me what's going on it's just like he's there and it's just okay let me unload <laughs> that's called selfless yeah that's a very high level that's that's not that's that's a lot of practice and a lot of dovening and a lot of avoider and we'll talk more about it it's definitely it's a it's a lot of learning we can get there but that's that's where we're where we are is self full meaning and that's by the way that's a made up word I made that word up and it's going to help us for the rest of the course there's me and there's you that's the guy who's making the woman the food but there's me involved in it like I'm I'm aware that I'm making you the food and I'm happy about that that gives me simcha but at the same time it's going to help me get that job with your son there's me and there's you it's about us it's win-win that's a very normal human situation to be in. And that's that breaks down into the experience of the tree. Selfish is how can I use this tree for my own purposes? Selfful is I'm using this tree to experience myself. I'm trying to categorize it, label it, like it, dislike it, put it in that box, work out how it's connected to this tree, etc., understand it. And then there's selfless, which is I'm just silent. And, and if you ever get to that space, and, and we're not, you know, we, we cycle through these realities. If you ever get to that place of inner silence, this world becomes magical and won- wondrous. That's the word. This world becomes wondrous. If you can manage somehow, we're going to talk about how to do this, this is what we're going to talk about. If we can work out a way of pressing mute on that that thing inside us that's constantly analysing and debating and labelling and categorising and comparing and contrasting and preferring and disliking, etc. If we can somehow turn down the volume or press mute, then this world starts become to become wondrous and we start to actually experience the other things of this world. That's very, very Halic. That's really what we call Halic. That's what holy means. Holy means is I become transparent and I become available to the other and the other becomes real to me and the other's majestic and wondrous and the words of my father in law marvelous the one the other un- the other's always amazing okay to be continued as well to show any questions no okay sure good news. thank you so much my pleasure thank you. cultive cultive